Hey guys, welcome to Lords of Order, a DC Dr. Fate fan podcast. I'm your host, Ed Moore. This is a spoiler podcast, and today I am spoiling something from way back in 1942, so be aware. Dr. Fate fan podcast email address is thedrfatefanpodcast at gmail.com. The website is bigtimenoise.com slash drfate. The Lords of Order have Google Plus and Facebook pages where you can leave comments, hopefully relating to the show. And on Twitter, you can tweet at Teal Productions and it'll get to me. More fun comics, issue 75, the 1936 volume, the first volume, initial volume, however you want to record it. Cover dated January 1942. Scripted by Gardner Fox, penciled, inked, and lettered by Howard Sherman. This issue, Dr. Fate has both the cover and the first story, so he is definitely moving up in the world for us. Now, this story, I don't know. There's recently been a change in the Dr. Fate uh, Golden Age stories here, and I've noticed they've gotten away from those things that I enjoyed, those things that made Dr. Fate an interesting, unique character, and they're pulling the story writing into the same that all the other heroes in the DC Universe are having to face, gangsters, and not only that, but there's been a change in the dialogue that is now uh, just banter and just mindless, corny banter, and that's... so. But that's part of the golden. That's what makes the golden age the golden age. Either way, we start out here with our narrator telling us a man's life hangs in the balance. Do you like my narrator voice? Okay, let me let me try that again. <clears throat> the scales of justice as Doctor Fate, man of mystery and magic, fights against time's relentless stride to prove a condemned man's innocence of the crimes for which he dies. Okay. Regular voice now. Uh, we we have kind of a um, multi-level page here. It's it's like the entire page is a, is one panel, okay, and then superimposed is a circle in the lower left with two squares on the right hand side, bottom and middle. So all the way up the top and halfway down on the left-hand side, you can definitely see this one-page panel. And it's Dr. Fate fighting someone in a dish, like a, a eating dish, plates and such, a store, maybe, or a warehouse or something like that, because they're fighting amongst dishes and some of the dishes are breaking. However, that is not where the story starts. We do see that later on in the story. Uh, but our story starts with Inza telling, uh, telling us as the narrator, but she is, she is saying it, that uh, a friend of hers has been accused of a crime and she needs to get Dr. Fate to help. And then we see the actual happenings. So we have this panel of what's going to happen in the story. And then we have Inza kind of as a super narrator, okay? Not the narrator of the story, but she is narrating over the narration in her own little circle down here. But then the story starts when Inza is visiting the state penitentiary and talking to her friend Bert, who is imprisoned because he's been accused and apparently found guilty of killing someone, and he is to die at midnight that day. 
I assume this is happening in the evening because they make a great emphasis of, well, there's not very much time. So after speaking to him, finding out his plight, she goes outside and uses thought transference. And in order to activate this thought transference, she has to put her hands up next to her face. I don't know if the sound changed because I apologize. I'm putting my hands up to my face like she is, like you guys can see this. But, you know, there you go. And she's holding her hands on either side of her head and she's thinking and thus transferring her thoughts in a manner uh, by which hopefully Dr. Fate will be able to pick up, which lo and behold, he does in his lonely Salem Tower. Although right now he's Kent Nelson. He's not Dr. Fate yet because he's just chilling. And he recognizes Inza is trying thought wave telepathy. She's in trouble. Now, if there's a difference between thought transference and thought wave telepathy, I don't know. But they use both of those interchangeably, apparently. So he changes into Dr. Fate, still with the half helm, okay, just down to his nose. It goes to her. She fills him in tells him that you know time is short he's supposed to die this weekend or the, this weekend excuse me this uh, evening at midnight end of the day so he says okay well i'll go in and find out but they probably won't let me go see him as dr fate so i'll have to go in invisible the narrator tells us turning the energy of his body into immaterial form he phases through solid walls but he's also invisible because he passes a guard. Guard never notices. And then he just appears in this guy's cell. And fate tells him, after he stutters, who are you? Inza Saunders sent me. I came to aid you. Be brief and prove your innocence to me, and I'll see what I can do. So this guy, and I apologize, I have already forgotten his name. Let me go here. Bert. Bert tells him the story. At the very least, from his point of view. Now, here's a condemned man. I'm not sure how you can assume that this is the truthful story, but this is her, his point of view, Bert's point of view. So he tells Dr. Fate that he writes detective novels, and he thought a cool way to get better information about the things that he writes about is to hang out with experienced gangsters. So he goes to a tavern to meet with Dude, a big-time crook. And and that's his name, D-U-D-E, apparently, Dude. So he goes to meet him, uh, convinces him to let him hang out, and he tells him, let's see here, that's cool, you can come over to my apartment and we'll hang out. Oh, I may be visited tonight by a couple of punks who are trying to get me out of the way, but don't be scared, he says, as he's fixing a drink. And Bert says, okay. Cool. That'll you know. I'll, I'll be able to write about that too. That's cool. And uh, starts sipping a drink and becomes very drowsy, like he's been drugged. Notices that dude isn't there, and somebody comes in, barges into the room, and says, "Hey, Yus, where's that boss of yours, the dude?" Sorry, that's the best voice I can come up with. That. Um, Bert tells him, "Well, he's in the next room." And then all of a sudden, a, a hand uh, comes out from between some curtains holding a pistol and shoots the bad guy that came in looking for dude. Bert finishes his story. I was drugged by dude. I'm sure he killed that gorilla, but I can't prove it. The gun was found beside my unconscious body. So I guess Bert's hand and fingerprints were all over the gun. Maybe, maybe 
1936, maybe they, or uh, 42, maybe they didn't have that technology then. I, I don't know. I thought they did. Maybe not. So Dr. Fate takes his story as gospel. You know, this is what happened. So now he goes and decides he's going to talk to Dude and see if he can get Dude to whatever. Collabor- uh, corroborate, um, deny, you know, whatever. It gets Dude's input. Takes Inza, tells her to stay at uh, her penthouse while he's out zipping around trying to find out this information about Dude. Finally goes to the club where Dude is known to hang out. Runs into a couple of Dude's uh, muscle. And here the banter starts. Ugh. Dr. Fate, you'd better save that lead for pencils because one guy drew a gun. He continues, talking about pencils, maybe I'd better erase one of you so the other won't get tongue-tied. Or I could go in for papering walls with you as the paper. And the the guy is thrown up against the wall, all kinds of stars, you know, around him. Ow, maybe you'll be cutting paper dolls out of me too. Ugh, yuck. Um, finally, the guy tells him, the dude's gone downtown to see mostly of the F&M department store about a payment. You'll find him there. So, Dr. Fate, that, that's where we leave Dr. Fate. We go to the F&M department store and we see, sure enough, dude and a couple more of his cronies are there trying to muscle the owner, the manager, whatever he is of F&M. Paid too recently, doesn't have the money to pay any more protection money. So, dude tells his boys... Muscles is uh, the name of one of them. Uh, let me see if I can find it here real quick. And the other had an equally satisfactory name. I, I forget what it was. I'll tell you when I run into it here. Uh, Muscles and the other bad guy starts breaking up the China in the China department of the department store. So that's where that back f- uh, full-page panel at the start of the story is from they are in that was dr fate and now that we can see dude dude uh having been drawn as fighting in the china department of fnm department store so they're busting the place up dr fate gets there at this point and says so the bull is in the china closet didn't you say something about glassware i'll start in that section with your glass jaw Dr. Fate tells him as he's uh, punching him. No sense in letting any more dishes get broken. One shattered glass jaw satisfies me. And he finds Dr. Fate. Or finds Dr. Fate, I'm sorry. Finds Dude and grabs up Dude. And Dude is telling his other hired henchmen to shoot him, shoot him, shoot him. He doesn't. Finally, man, I'm... Here it is, Monk. Uh, that's the other muscles. The Monk and Muscles. Those are the two uh, gangsters that Dude is with. I don't know what is uh, happening with Gardner Fox's ability to come up with names, uh, but they're kind of lacking in this this issue. So, I, I don't know. He finally convinces Dude to... Um, let's see. To go with him. Uh, but before, you know, he doesn't just take Dude and go to tell whomever the story to save Bert, right? He he has to settle this issue here in the department store. So Dr. Fate, uh, by threat of force, gets Dude to pay the department store guy money for all the damage that he did 
and to stop shaking him down for protection money. All of that occurs here over like four panels of the story. I, I don't, I don't get it. Um, let's see, something happens that confuses me. Okay, no, I'm sorry. This comes later. Um, he lets dude go at this point. Because he says, if I could be sure of my suspicions that you killed that punk, I'd make you confess. So he went looking for dude. He didn't question him or anything. Made him pay for the damages that he did and then let him go. Hmm. So dude and monk and muscles head back to dude's hideout. They set a trap in case Dr. Fate happens to show up. It's a noose connected to the top of the door. Dude then goes to his half-hour sunlamp treatment. And we see that he puts on a wristwatch. Now, Bert told Dr. Fate, apparently... Now, he didn't tell him, tell him, but Dr. Fate is talking about this. And we can see from the picture that supposedly or apparently was what dude was describing to Dr. Fate he had seen. The hand holding the pistol wore a wristwatch. Now, the reason why Dr. Fate doesn't already know definitively that it was dude is because dude does not wear wristwatches because he's allergic to them. So it couldn't have been dude as far as he knows because this guy he's looking for wore a wristwatch. Well, now we see dude does at times wear a wristwatch because he puts one on and then he goes for his sun lamp treatment. Now he wears the watch to time because he's only supposed to be there 30 minutes. And of course, when you tan with a wristwatch and you take the wristwatch off, what do you have? Yeah, you have the mark. That will be the telltale sign here in a bit. So he's sunning himself, dude is. He sent out henchmen to find, locate Dr. Fate to draw him into the trap. And among the henchmen are Monk and Muscles. And they do indeed encounter Dr. Fate. They run back to the hideout, drawing Dr. Fate to the hideout. And just as another unnamed henchman, this is not Monk or Muscles, is about to run through the door into dude's, uh, shall we say, apartment, a suite, whatever it is here. He ducks, and Dr. Fate, because he can't stop himself flying, okay, uh, goes through the door and gets his head caught in the noose. And because he's going so fast, the noose pulls up too tightly, and he can't get it out from around his throat. And as he's struggling, uh, Dr. Fate is, we see, you know, because he's he was, his momentum, once he got hooked in the noose, carried him out, like, say, away from the door. Uh, he starts swinging back, and as he's swinging back, the uh, muscle dude that lured him there walks in, and the collision of the two gives Dr. Fate enough give in the noose to pull it off his neck. He then uh, grabs up that guy, throws him to the side, goes after Dude. Uh, Here we see some more uh, banter from Fate. As Shakespeare said, empty things sure make the most noise as Dude slams up against the wall. Yeah, okay. Dude makes 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 a break for it, tries to get outside. 
Dr. Fate grabs him up and grabs him by the hand, and it's at this point that he sees the line on here that is the mark of the watch uh, and the um, tanning that dude has undergone. And he realizes that there are times when dude does wear a watch, even though he may be allergic to them. Apparently, that was enough information for him to grab dude up and take him to the governor's mansion. Uh, We have the explanation by Dr. Fate of what is going on had we not been able to put it together. Um, you don't wear a watch, but you do while you're sunbathing, yada, 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 like like I've said. It takes dude to the governor. Uh, again, through force of violence, makes dude fess up to the governor. Um, I thought that, uh, that that's coercion, really. But uh, in 1942, apparently that was allowed. So it's either get beat up by me or tell the truth and i mean it's like uh, what they say about torture uh, torture the person will say whatever you want them to say to relieve it so how can you trust it so same thing here he'll say whatever just to keep you from beating or putting the fate whammy on him you know so but apparently the governor's okay with it tells dr fate that you need to go and take care of this because there's no way I can get the info. They don't have a telephone that the governor can use to call. Isn't that in all those old movies how they always do it? They're waiting for a call from the governor. Well, here the governor can't call. He, he doesn't even make an effort to. Dr. Fate has to go. Dr. Fate has to be the one to take a uh, a message. I guess it's a verbal message. I don't see him handing anything over here. Um, so... Well, with the speed of the wind, Dr. Fate races to the big house and to the corridor known as the Last Mile. Hmm. Gets Bert off. Bert collapses in shock. He faints. And the uh, guards here say he's caved in. The shock was too much for him. He sure looks in bad shape. And Dr. Fate responds, huh, you ought to see the dude. And that's the end of this uh, encounter with Dr. Fate and the gangsters in 1942. That was kind of, yeah. Uh, It's okay. It it has its moments. You know, there's a lot about the story that makes it golden age, and and I dig that. Uh, It just, I don't know. There at, at this point, even, there's just so much more you can do with Dr. Fate. Please do it. Uh, and it'll come. All right. Uh, before I go, I want to give some feedback here, respond to some feedback that Michael Atchison left uh, as a message to the Lords of Order Facebook page. Michael, I hope this is okay that I, I do this because of the method you used to convey the message. I, I don't believe there was anything in here that you didn't want out. He said, Ed, just a quick note to say I love this podcast. I've read and collected comics since about 1975, mostly DC, and attribute that to the fact that my uncle worked at the World Color Press in Sparta, Illinois, and he brought me a stack of comics every couple of months, mostly being DC. Damn, how cool would that be, man, to have somebody like that connected? Wow. I have a special affinity for the Earth 2 heroes, at least the Golden Age versions, including Dr. Fate. I look forward to your episodes and thank you for them. Do you have any recommendations for comics-related podcasts in the same vein as yours, those that review and relate an issue at a time? Thanks, 
Mike. And I did respond and gave him some suggestions for podcasts. So, um, And he did – I know that he got it because he responded back, thanks for the recommendations. So uh, thank you, Michael, for the, the feedback. I'm glad you're enjoying the show. Been on a little bit of a holiday break trying to get it back on track here for the next little bit. With that in mind, to let everybody know – Episode 58, the next episode, should be more fun comics, issue 76, as we continue our, as far as I can tell, chronological uh, detailing of Dr. Fate's adventures. So every now and then we'll have much, much newer books tell a story about Dr. Fate placed in time with these older books. So I've talked about All-Star Squadron and some minis and some one-shots and things like that that were published much more recently than 1942, but talking about his chronological adventures, the list that I refer to seems to feel that it fits in there best. So, more fun comics, issue 76, next time we get together, talk to you guys then. Lords of Order is a Teal production, and as such is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, non-derivative 3.0 unported license.